Hi, this is Zita. Thank you for listening to the Dad Am. This episode is brought to you by Circle Space, the all-in-one platform that makes it quick and simple to build your own original website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% discount for their service, visit circlespace.com/thatan and enter the offer code Dadan at checkout. Circle Space makes your dream site come true. Welcome to the first episode of the podcast. In the dead end, we edit and recreate stories from horror films in the podcast, and we love to represent the stories in our recreated versions, which will ring fear in New Year's ears. In the dead end, you will listen to classic horror film stories like The Omen, The Exorcist, Psycho, I Without a Face, Scream, etc. A story from a film will usually be broken down into two to three digestible episodes. By experiencing the stories in your ears, the room, or imagination will not only give you a new experience than rewatching the films, but also induce you to a deeper sense of dread. You have to hear the fear for yourself. For each episode, the narrator, usually a character in a featured film, will tell you the stories from their first-hand experience. And by entering the dead end, you are choosing to be disturbed for your own entertainment. In this episode, listen to the Omen, the horror masterpiece released in 1976 and reproduced in 2006. I'm Catherine. On the 6th, 1976, I lost my child in my womb. Doctor said I couldn't carry a baby ever again. I was torn. The lost child was everything to me. Shortly after the bad news, a priest who worked in the hospital told me and my husband Robert that there was a baby, a newborn baby whose mother died after giving birth. He said the baby's mother was healthy and the baby was beautiful and would surely lead a family. Trust God and accept His plan. Since then, Damien became a new member in our family. I felt blessed as he came as a presence after my baby died in my womb. Damien, with me and my husband Robert, lived a happy few years together. It was Damien's birthday, the largest birthday party we ever had for him. His schoolmates and their parents were there in our front yard for the celebration. Music, laughter, seeing my kid blowing out candles, camera snapping, sharing these hypes with people around. I'm just an ordinary mother. This was a peaceful picture, like possibly what other mothers would dream or just think of before having children. We're just not like any other mothers. Such joy start to fade away. Damien, what, what's she doing there? I start looking up, like any other person in the party, I believe. Look at me, Damien. Annie was standing at the Look edge of the rooftop of our house, but moments before she was still taking care of Damien. It's all for you, Damien. 
It's all for you. She died in an instant. We could tell because we all saw the bloodshed just inches away from our house. I ran to Damien, tried to keep him safe in the chaos, and so did Robert. Now, when I recall the moment, I still remember Damien's cold, emotionless face, and he was the one who just reacts differently from others. The incidents brought certain pressure to our family, especially when Robert himself was the American ambassador in London. When people start spreading rumors, accusing Nanny of taking drugs. For the whole week, tabloids make noise about the Nanny's situation. The nanny incident was surely a blow to our family, but without an explanation, I thought it was just a tragic accident. I told myself there was no reason I should I could care more about it. Anyway, we just hired a new nanny shortly after. But there was something nagging at me, which sounded like I was oversensitive and only my own imagination. That there was something about Damien. I start thinking if he had autism because he never really seemed being curious in anything, and I thought that it was partly because of the family, the ambassador's family that brought everything to him. So he just rarely sought things out and discovered new stuff. And perhaps it was this lack of normal childhood activities that had numbed Damien's sense of fun. But that day, when Damien and I went to the zoo, Damien at first seemed to be happier and even more lively. It was an outing school day. Damien's school brought the whole class to the London Zoo, and parents could also join too. Damien talked in the zoo not much, but more than usual. He struggled with the word hippopotamus and giggled when he finally got it right. I sensed that I had finally done something right, like a mother. We spent a few moments at the monkey house. After a while, a bunch of children just left the monkey house, but I saw Damien standing alone. So I walked to him and I asked him, "Hey, hey, Damien, what's the matter? Those kids don't play with you." He didn't look at me when he said that. He placed his hands on the railing sets in front of the glass pane of the monkey house. He kept his head down. I fixated on the monkeys. Let's look at the birds, Damien. Let's go. He kept staring at the monkeys. They are shivering, shaking, whimpering. Some were hiding in a cave, as if they met a predator. It was at this moment, a gorilla tried to break the glass of the cage.
left the zoo in panic. I told Robert about today. I was still scared when I recalled what happened. I couldn't calm down at night. I told him I must be a terrible mother to think that Damien, my son, was far beyond being weird. Robert asked me what he could do to help. I simply shook my head. I felt that it was out of our knowledge. It's unusual. Other kids get colds, runny nose, flu, but Damien, nothing, not once. It's not just my imagination. He's strange. It's, it's different. Only a day later, in a bedtime, Robert told me that there was a priest who earlier approached him and said weird things to him, which was about our son. But he thought it was nonsense, and what he said didn't really stay in his mind. But a week later, the priest visited him again, telling him that he must see him at one o'clock at the following night at Bishop's Park by the bridge. He said. Just five minutes, and you will never see me again. It was a night in rainstorm. Robert came to see him, and he recalled their conversation. I am Brandon. I came here from Rome, Mr. Thorn. We haven't much time. Now you have your five minutes. Tell me why I'm here. You and your wife are in danger. Again, I was at the same hospital, Mr. Thorn, the night your son was born. He is the reason for the upcoming tragedies. What? You let him do it if you turn away now, Mr. Thorn. He has killed before, and he will kill again. He'll kill you and your wife. He'll kill until everything that is yours becomes his. You're talking nonsense. Go to the town of Megaton. In the walled city of Desrahel, there lives a man named Bugenhagen. He alone can describe how the child must die. What child? Your son, Mister Thorn, the son of the devil. I don't know what to say to a man who comes here and tells me my son is the devil. He has to die. You must act now, or all will be lost. Go to the town of Megiddo, see Bugenhagen the Exorcist, before it's all too late. Now you listen to me. I don't know who you are or what you want, but you stay away from my family. Do you understand? I don't want to see or hear from you ever again. I will see you in hell, Mister Thorn. You and I will spend the eternity together. My inner self was horrified, but showed only silence when listening to Robert recalling the conversation. I almost want to tell Robert that I want to trust the priest, but then what could I do? I only asked Robert, "Why are you telling me this? I don't feel you trust him." His answer made me feel so unsafe staying in this house. 
He told me that the priest was died right at that night after they had a conversation. It was a bizarre tragedy. As told by the news, his head was cut off by a falling object. A giant crucifix. Robert told me that he thought the priest might not be evil by warning him. But he just had no idea why he said those things and who exactly, if it was true, wanted to put us in danger. So he wants me to be more careful. These are hell. Mangandor, Bugenhagen, I secretly knocked all them down. I felt I had to do something, otherwise, something terrible would happen. Was Damien really the son of the devil? What will Robert do? What should I do? In the end, who will live and who will die? To get the answers of all these questions, please subscribe and tune in next week for the next episode of The Dead End. Thank you for listening to the first episode of The Dead End. This production is copyright 2018 by Zita Yil and The Dead End is trademarked by Zita Yil. If you have enjoyed listening to The Dead End, please rate and refill us on SoundCloud. I will see you next week.